0: You just have to really understand that they're all driven by one thing. Regular people, people who are not narcissists, we are incentivized by many different things. Our children, or it might be, you know, that we want to do well at work. We're incentivized by many different things. Narcissists are incentivized by one thing and one thing only, and that is the concept of narcissistic supply.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I have today a lawyer, a narcissism negotiation expert. We're going to dive more into what that is. And she's also a YouTuber, author, and speaker, the one and only Rebecca Zung. Now, Rebecca is one of the best lawyers in America, actually recognized by US News and World Report, top 1% attorney in the nation. She's recognized as legal elite by Trend Magazine, recognized by her peers in the judiciary of AV, a preeminent rated in family law, the highest possible rating for an attorney by Merrendale Hubbell. She's the CEO founder of a company Breaking Free from Divorce. She remains one of the main partners at Long, Murray, and Zung. And she has been writing the best selling book, Negotiate Like You Matter The Surefire Method to Step Up and Win, and Breaking Free, a step by step divorce guide for achieving emotional, physical, and spiritual freedom. I came across Rebecca actually because she publishes tons of amazing videos on YouTube that teach you how to deal with people with narcissistic personality disorder or any traits of narcissism. And I remember going down that rabbit hole to see how this could impact me in my personal relationships and in my business relationships. And since we're here on Superhumans at Work, we're going to focus on the business side, but I know we're going to cross over a little bit. But what does it mean if you have to work with a narcissist boss, a colleague, an investor, a business partner? And is it at a loss? Are you in a trap once that happens? I think with Rebecca, we're going to learn some techniques on how we can negotiate better and live with this trait that is present with all of us within a spectrum, but some a little more than others. But Rebecca, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: As I was reading all the accolades, you've done so many amazing things. And you know, as I went down that rabbit hole on YouTube, learning about narcissism and that happening in the workplace, I'd like to kind of you know, understand your journey because you've been in the field of law, but yet you kind of stumbled into becoming really knowledgeable and an expert in the field of understanding how narcissism comes into the equation. So I'd love to understand what journey brought you into that.
0: Yeah, actually, it's interesting that you say that because obviously as a lawyer, I did high net worth divorce for a really long time. I represented very high net worth individuals, celebrities, so obviously, I came across a narcissist sister too in my law practice, and I did very high-stakes negotiations as a lawyer. And so I came to understand how to negotiate at a very high level, and I spoke on negotiations all over the country. I was a keynote speaker for the American Bar Association at one point, wrote the book, Negotiate Like You Matter. Wrote Robert Shapiro wrote the foreword for me. I very much understood and understand negotiations at a mastery level. But honestly, we're here talking about superhumans at work and workplace issues today. It wasn't until I had to deal with it, I had a narcissistic business partner myself in a very small business venture. It didn't go very far. It didn't even make any money. It didn't even last very long, but I had a female business partner for a short period of time, and she was a covert narcissist and it was truly one of the worst experiences of my life. And I didn't realize what was happening until a friend of my husband and and mine, we were at dinner and this guy happened to be a clinical psychologist who pointed out to us, uh, that person is a covert narcissist. I had never heard that term before. I never even knew what that was. I had heard of a narcissist before, but to me, a narcissist was a big bragging male, frankly. I never even heard of a narcissist female. This was just my thought of what a narcissist was. A narcissist was a male who was a, person who went around bragging and filled the room. I don't know. That was just kind of what my thought was as far as a narcissist. So when he said, oh, that person is a covert narcissist, and he went on to say something about cluster B, and he he gave some other terms and recommended a couple of books. So I went and got these books and it completely blew my mind and made me realize that somebody else in our family was also a covert narcissist. And I just started delving into hundreds of books on narcissism. That's when I started realizing, wait a minute, all this study that I've been doing all these years on negotiation, I can actually apply what I'm learning about narcissism to my negotiation skills And that's when it all started to come together for this.
1: I would assume it was coming from a close story because yeah, you really went and shaped that field and really provide the key content that most people want to know. And it's a common case. Like I know we're talking with the chat with our mind Valley members here and everybody has a story, whether it's in the family or in the workplace of someone that has you know, a narcissist. And so I'd love to dive right into it because we're talking about negotiating with a narcissist. And, you know, in your case, you had a business partner, which makes it very intertwined, very intimate, but I'd love to start with an obvious question, maybe like, okay, we've learned about some negotiation. I've had some guests here talk about negotiation and how to negotiate better right here on superhumans at work. How do we have to deal with it differently when we recognize that somebody is a narcissist?
0: You just have to really understand that they're all driven by one thing. Regular people, people who are not narcissists, we are incentivized by many different things. I mean, sometimes it might be our children or it might be, you know, that we want to do well at work. We're incentivized by many different things narcissists are incentivized by one thing and one thing only, and that is the concept of narcissistic supply. And that's when So somebody's asking, can we have a definition of what a narcissist is? And I think that's a good place to start. So if if you don't mind, Jason, I want to go back and actually go ahead and do that for the audience. And then I'll I'll go into the concept of narcissistic supply, because I think that's going to be really helpful. So what a narcissist is, is a person who has no sense of self. This is a person who is, you think of them as scarcity mentality to the extreme. They have no sense of value on the inside whatsoever. So therefore they feel like they have to extract any sense of value for themselves from external sources anything at all from external sources. And so because of that, they cannot feel any sense of care or empathy or sympathy or anything for other people because they just, it's scarcity to the extreme. It's almost like you have to think of it as if I don't have any food or oxygen, so therefore I can't give you any. You just kind of have to, Think of it like that. They have to get constant sources of what we call narcissistic supply. That's their food, that's their oxygen. So supply can come in the form of what I call good sources of supply, which are what you normally think of when you think of narcissists, when they're going after supply, which is compliments, adulation, money, prestige, the right friends, the best houses, you know, that's what you normally think of when you think of narcissistic supply. But then there's what I call the dark underbelly of narcissistic supply, which is devaluing people, debasing people, controlling people, intimidating people, treating people poorly. That also gives them a source of supply. So it's both, right? So there's what I call the grade A diamond level supply, which is the first part that I pointed out. And that's you know, how they look to the world. And then there's the, what I call the coal level, the darker, not as good, but also important level of narcissistic supply, which is controlling people and treating people poorly, because that also builds their ego. But all of it is important and you have to think of them almost as vultures they 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 go after any source that they can because it's almost like they're starving like any source is important to them and it's a black hole it can never be fed it can never get satiated so it sounds dramatic but that is what you're dealing with so and that's what incentivizes them And so when you're negotiating with them, you have to remember that that is always what is incentivizing them.
1: So, I mean, it's this core need that always wants to be filled. It's like a black hole that can never be satiated. Are we talking about, you know, there's a lot of speaks about, you know, the culture around social media. And we're talking about these social media platforms that can give you instant validation. You know, you have the likes and people are looking at their metrics, how many followers they have. Is this something that's creating a culture that has more narcissistic tendencies? Or is this just, you know, enabling something that was already there?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a whole chicken and egg conversation now, isn't it? Right. I mean, from everything that I've read, Narcissists are definitely not like born. It's not like a genetic thing. It's definitely something that gets created afterwards. You know, it's not like little babies are born as narcissists. At least that's from what I understand. It's something that happens in childhood, some kind of trauma that happens, something, you know, when we're children, some conclusion is drawn that we're not good enough or something, you know, that's what happened. That's how a narcissist is created. Somehow, either it was a trauma event, they were neglected, they were somehow came to the conclusion that they weren't good enough. Maybe they were overindulged in some way. I don't know. But I have a feeling that the whole culture around, you know, social media and all of that probably just adds to it but that's just that's just me you know my own conjecture I, I don't think it creates it as much as it adds to it
1: we were talking a lot with our members here and you know a lot of people talked about the fact that they had some narcissists within their workplace their bosses there must be those, some of these behaviors that we can recognize within people right so what is it the typical things we should look out for to be able to realize like okay This person is narcissist. We've described a bit of what they are, but you're talking about someone constantly seeking validation. Like, what, what would be general traits that I could understand that that's what I'm dealing with?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, definitely seeking validation. But you know, you'll see them like competing with you. You'll see them, you know, withholding information from you, kind of ghosting you sometimes. They're not happy for you if something good happens to you. You'll see them like doing something like where they didn't give you information that they probably should have. They might be lining up people against you. You might find out that they said something about you to somebody else that wasn't true. You might find out that they did something against you that wasn't true. They kind of go all by the same playbook all the time. They don't operate from integrity. So a lot of times you'll find out that they we're doing things that they shouldn't have. And then when you try to call them out on their behavior, they project it onto somebody else. So they deflect, they lie about it. They don't do what they said they were supposed to do. They take credit for things that you were doing. It just goes on and on and on, especially in the workplace. I mean, those are the kinds of things that you'll see them doing.
1: Well, with everything you're telling me now, it seems to me like, you know, the best case scenario if you encounter a narcissist is almost to run the other way but i guess that's not always available as an option and so are we are we trapped are we doomed to be miserable or it sounds like you're giving us a message of hope that there are ways to negotiate better
0: well certainly if you are in a relationship with a narcissist you definitely want to figure out a way to not be in that relationship anymore But if you have to be in that relationship for a period of time longer, you want to figure out how to exit it in a way that will be the least amount of damage for yourself. You know, so you want to plan accordingly, you don't want to just leave, because obviously, With a narcissist, you're either for them or against them. And if you're against them, you're definitely going to be public enemy number one. And they're going to do everything they can to try to take you down, make you look bad, make you look bad before that you can make them look bad. You know, so you definitely want to make sure that you can you plan ahead of time before you just leave, because that will you can then try to control the situation, but you know, I wouldn't try to stay in any kind of a long-term situation if you definitely are in a work situation with a narcissist for sure.
1: Yeah. So if we have that possibility, you're almost like, this is red flag territory. You definitely want to stay away from it. Yet, you know, there are going to be some situations where you need to negotiate a deal, for example, with someone on the other side who is narcissist. Not going to be a long-term relationship here, but you need to make the deal happen. What are some things we should keep in mind in the way that we approach them and we negotiate with them to ensure that we can, you know, not be completely taken advantage of, or at least speaking a language that doesn't even seem to relate to this person's needs?
0: Yeah, well, don't let them know that you're onto them, for one thing. Let them continue to think that you're on their side. Let them continue to think that you're for them. Because as long as they think that, then you know they won't be full on against you. I mean, they'll continue to do their passive aggressive things and do all the things that they were doing in the first place. But to be honest with you, if they think that you're pulling away a little bit, then they'll start to do their little love bomb thing and they'll start to maybe work for you a little bit more because there's this little moment in the relationship where you, if you're pulling away just slightly and they sense that, they'll actually step up their game and actually be better for a period of time. That's actually a good part of the relationship. Take advantage of that while you can. I always tell people, you know, that's actually good because, you know, that's when they'll start doing all the things you wanted them to do in the first place. So take advantage of that for a little while. And that's when you can really start planning your exit. I would also make sure you have some really good boundaries in place. You know, a lot of times they've kind of conditioned you. They know how much they can get away with with you. And you can start kind of pushing back a little bit and start conditioning them a little bit differently so that they start to realize that it's going to be a little bit of a different game. So, you know, you can start to say things like, I'm not going to allow you to speak to me this way. We'll have this conversation when you've calmed down. Just little boundaries like that will start to recondition them so that you can, start to shift the dynamic of the relationship. That also starts to help as well. You can even start to have like time limits on conversations or agendas for conversations. All of that will start to shift the dynamic of the relationship. And it will also help you to start to feel stronger in the relationship as well. So if you know you're going to be having a conversation about something with them and you know that you will be triggered in that conversation by going in and saying, you know, this is going to be the agenda. We're going to talk about this and only this, that will help you as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And these, these seems like really interesting tactics. And of course, something that really gives you the equipment you need to go forward with it. But in the heat of the moment, and the moment you introduce these techniques, I'm assuming the narcissist is not going to be like, oh, I'm so happy you brought this up and be fully along with it. I would expect there's going to be some resistance and at least, you know, introducing a kind of different behavior to what they're accustomed to might trigger something in them. So is this something we introduce all at once or how do we start And what reaction are we expected to get from them?
0: Well, they are going to do whatever they can to try to trigger you because they're used to being able to trigger you. I mean, that's how they've been able to weaken you and destabilize you, honestly. I mean, they've been able to get into your brain by using techniques such as gaslighting, by using ghosting, and they know how to manipulate your brain, especially if you've been in a romantic relationship with them. But even if you've been in a work relationship with them, they know how to use certain emotional and certain types of techniques to weaken you and to you. So you have to start to step back and recognize it and almost look at it as if you're a third person and go, okay, I see what you're doing there. You can start to actually recognize their behavior as a third person. And you can actually even start to observe their behavior to them and actually say, say things like, I understand that that's what you think or you are entitled to believe that. And that will actually help you to start observing their behavior to them as a third person so that you can start to put some space and some gap between their attempts to trigger you and your emotion behind it because the more you can start to put some space Between their attempts to trigger you and you actually being triggered, the less power they're going to have over you. And that's when you really like if once you can start to shut off that emotional trigger, that's when their power over you will actually start to shut down.
1: Sounds like if you're in the company of a narcissist, it uh, it forces you to do a lot of inner work and personal development to be stronger, be more mindful, to calm your own ego. It almost becomes a mirror for personal growth. Like, have you seen? And do you do you speak about the benefits that happen if you've been exposed to having a relationship with a narcissist?
0: Oh, it becomes like one of the best things ever. I mean, once you can conquer that, you can conquer anything. Honestly, I mean it. Has become like one of the best things for me. I mean, one of the best things that happened to me recently is that somebody told me that the former narcissist in my life was like, had contacted somebody that I knew and was, you know, trying to still, you know, penetrate into the very strict boundaries that I have put up in my life. And I remember that I felt nothing. I felt nothing about it other than just kind of pity at how pathetic it is that this person is still trying to do something. And that's when I knew I had really won in a way. I mean, because I felt nothing other than pity and wishing this person well I mean, you can wish them well, like, but over there, (laughs) I wish you well, but over there, Uh, like, just don't bring your negative energy into my space. And that's when you really know that you've conquered it. And so it it is, I mean, you talk about mind Valley, you know, like it ends up to be the most freeing thing for your mind ever.
1: It's almost like the, when it comes to like Whether it's negotiating with a narcissist or having to deal with a narcissist, you know, in a work relationship or any other relationship, the ultimate level of control, and the only one you have is your reaction to it, you know, given that there's not going to be rationality around it. There's not going to be change around it, or at least the change is going to be very minimal. Might be just about saving face. It might be to win a favor back or get those points back, as we mentioned earlier. But in essence, it's really what is your emotional reaction in the face of these issues. Like I have a friend that I I was talking with, and she has to deal with the parents of all the children that she works with. And these parents are like, they want their children to be the best. And she does tutoring for them. And the parents get really crazy and they behave in very narcissistic ways. And in this case, this person would basically need to work on how much they get triggered by the behaviors that are going to be very narcissistic in nature. And that's really what we need to nurture. And again, to nurture these, we have the exposure. And then do we talk about the boundaries. We talk about the mindfulness. We talk about all these self-care, self-practices that we need to nurture.
0: Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And then once you can do all of that, I mean, any negotiation, you know, I always say is like 50% of it is your mindset. 50% of winning it is your mindset. I mean, in some ways it's probably 99% of winning it is your mindset. Right. I mean, of course, you have to do all your research and you have to do, there's so much else that goes into it, of course. But if you don't have that winning mindset, if you don't believe that you can win it, then you're never going to.
1: I wanted to also take it up a different direction here and ask about what if I feel that I'm listening to this conversation and I might have these narcissistic personalities. Like I might have these behaviors and whether it's a full-time thing or it's a partial thing, like maybe there are times that I've came up and I was less humble than I needed to be. And I was seeking maybe that validation more than I I should be. What are things I should be doing? If I'm wondering for myself, like, oh my God, am I being too narcissist?
0: I mean, I think that all of us at times feel that way. I mean, I I don't think that you know, everybody in the world is a narcissist. I just, I feel like all of us at times have moments where we feel selfish. All of us at times have moments where we want to feel seen, heard, and know that we matter. I mean, that just makes us a human. That doesn't make us a narcissist. You know, that's why my I called my book, Negotiate Like You Matter, because We all want to feel seen, heard, and know that we matter. That just makes us a human. What makes you a narcissist is when you just never want the other person to matter. You only want to be the one that matters, ever. So, I mean, when you're all the way to the end of the spectrum, when you only can see yourself and you can never let the other person matter, that's when you're full-on narcissistic.
1: And again, I know you mentioned that one of the best things you can do in those cases is to run away, but you can't obviously run away from yourself. But are there treatments? Is there work that can be done? Are there progress there?
0: Yeah. I mean, I have interviewed psychologists and psychiatrists on my show, and I've talked to them. And from what I understand, they can go through treatment and they can be cured and they can, you know, get help. But from what I understand, it's pretty rare because of the nature of it. They don't generally do that. So if you are in a relationship with a narcissist, I wouldn't hold out for that. So I would plan not to continue to be in that relationship because that's probably a better plan. You can only control yourself. You can't control the other person.
1: Well, Rebecca, I know this is a topic we're just scratching the surface here. So I did want to thank you for your time to open up this for all of the people that are listening to Superhumans at Work. I know here with our Valley members, we're going to open it up to a Q&A, but for those of you who are listening to the podcast, make sure you go and follow Rebecca Zong. We're going to put some links to her website, her YouTube videos, where you can go dive deeper into the field of narcissism. If this is something that you feel that you are exposed to, you need to have more understanding of the topic. I know for me, when I was dealing with this kind of situation, all of the videos that she created has really helped me get a firm understanding of what's going on here, because that might be the feeling that you're left with when you're dealing with somebody with narcissistic personality disorder. And as a recap here, you know, one of the best things is you're going to try to find easy ways to detect it and find a way that you maybe can avoid it. But if you have to deal with it, you have to understand that this person is seeking validation at all costs for all means, and will never seek the level that will bring the satisfaction necessary. And so it will be an ever ending story. So you wanna be able to diagnose it as quickly as possible. It'll come up with a way of people really always wanting to praise. If the praise isn't given or given to someone else, there'll be more anger. And there's all sorts of other ways that it'll come up. So if this is something that you feel throughout listening to this, you have recognized, I would definitely say, pick up a copy of Rebecca's books, go to her website, go down those YouTube videos. It is super helpful. And there's so many resources she makes available for anybody who is looking for that. And so Rebecca, once again, thank you so much for sharing with the audience here and everybody tuning in. Best of luck, take care of yourself and stay superhuman. Thank you.